this episode. It's, it's December 1940, and the Brits have pretty much run out of money. Since World War I, America had become extremely reluctant to get involved in a foreign war. How do I get the Congress on board? How do I get public on board? It's to think of, try to get you to think of your own analogies and, and to tell them as a story like that, right? Mm. Britain is about to fall. It's not working. Just find yourself a better story. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And so, Sean, it's your turn for a story this week. What do you got for us? Lay it on us. Well, I tell you, this, this story actually jumped out for me uh, reading a, a lovely book called, um, it was called The Splendid and the Vile. How's that for a good oh, title? That's a great title. Eric Larson, I tell you what, I love his books. It's sort of like these, what would you call them, uh, historical uh, or nonfiction drama, I suppose. He takes, a, you know, real world events and and uh, then sort of tells a dramatic story. And in this case, he, he's telling, a, a, a really, it's a history of Churchill and his family and his, all the people around him. Uh, but one of the little sub stories that came out of it uh, grabbed my attention and um, and it's essentially the situation that happened at the, towards the early parts of, the, of World War II. It's, it's December 1940, and the Brits have pretty much run out of money. Okay, they've, they've, they've gone into the coffers, um, and quite frankly, there's not much left. And they're pleading. Churchill's literally pleading uh, for the US to get involved, to, to, to provide resources, to provide military equipment, et cetera. Uh, to the war effort. And you now Roosevelt, you know, president of the time, Franklin D. Roosevelt, he, he's, he wants to get involved. He, he wants to help out because he truly believes that, you know, for Britain and France to prevail makes for a safer world, right? And, but he, he has a problem, and that is since World War I, America had become extremely reluctant to get involved in a foreign war. Right, they've done that once, didn't go well. Uh, they didn't really want to do it, so he had a Congress which was pretty much against that concept, and a public that wasn't uh, excited by the idea as well. Now he'd already bent some rules and got some, you know, sort of legislation changed just so that he could develop almost like a cash and carry system for the Brits. You know, the Brits bought gear from them, and then they had to get their boats over and pick it up and take it back to Britain, right? Uh, and of course, they, as, you know, as quickly as the uh, as the ships could get them from America to the UK, the, the German U-boats were sinking the ships, and so yeah, it was a problem, right? Oh, it's a huge a, problem, a big yeah. problem. But anyway, so he's he's thinking to himself, how do I get the Congress on board? How do I get public on board? And so it's the end of it's end of 1940, around Christmas time. So he wants to goes on a holiday down at Bermuda, uh, comes back and he's got an idea, right? And so the day after he returns, he convenes a, a press conference and, you know, in his sort of cheeky, witty way, he's smoking his cigar and he starts off by saying, well, guys, I've got no news. And I think everyone was a little bit disappointed about that. And he says, but I do have something I want to share with you and get your feedback on. He's kind of testing the idea, right? And he says, of course, Britain 
you know, is facing a, a terrible, you know, he's in the right in the middle of a terrible war at the moment. And, you know, I really want to help them. Um, and, but I think we have to think of it in a different way, you know, just having them pay for things is not the way to help a friend. Right. And, and he said, think, let's think about it this way. Try this uh, example on. He said, imagine if you've got a, a neighbor whose house catches on fire and you've got this big, long length of garden hose, you know, that, you know, uh, is long, but it doesn't quite get to his house, right? It's not quite there. So the neighbor's saying, please, 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 can I have your hose? Now, you wouldn't at that point sort of get all transactional on your neighbor and sort of say, well, this, this garden hose, it costs this amount of money. You need to pay me the money before you get the garden hose, right? The normal thing to do is you'd say, yeah, here's the garden hose. I mean, with the almost like the tacit agreement that if the hose was destroyed or damaged, he would, the neighbor would repay you in some way, right? So of course, you know, they go off, they put out the fire. He gets his if he gets his hose back undamaged, well, that's great. No, no fair, you know, no foul, no trouble. Uh, he said, this is what we need to do with Britain. We need to develop a lend-lease arrangement where we can provide equipment to Britain so that they can use it and if things get damaged, they will pay for it. But if they don't, they can just send that back, right? And historians, you know, looking back on all the things that unfolded in that period of time, uh, pinpoint that, that press conference and that idea as one of the most important events that occurred in uh, the history of World War II, right? It was a turning point of the US involvement and, and just how Britain was able to, to respond to, the, uh, to what was going on in the war. So I, I tell you that story. So it's a, it's a funny little story in some ways, but to me, this story, Mark, is a, a story about how to use a story analogy, right? So there's Roosevelt. He's trying to work out a way to bring it down so it's relevant to people. It's like if you started looking at lend-lease, you know, sort of uh, legalese as a way to explain things, no one would get it. You talk about someone's house burning down. Of course, you've got the danger, fire, death elements of it. Always makes for a good story. Um, and just that normal thing you would do, you would lend the hose. You would help the person out, Right. It just, it just is a lovely analogy to, to get the idea across. And I think he obviously hit the mark because, of course, that was a turning point, right? Yeah, it certainly was. Certainly what do you was. reckon? What do you think of the story? Like what, what's, what hits you, strikes you when you hear that story, Mark? Well, the, uh, it, it's, as you say, it's a great example of using an analogy or a metaphor to, as, as a, so get, people get a concrete understanding of the nature of the pro problem. Because yeah. you say, you know, if you just, oh, yeah, we need a lend-lease lend arrangement. Very abstract. Yes, exactly. I can't picture that. I can't, I can't. I'm like, well, what's, what's that? Whereas there is absolutely no mistake. You, know? you can picture a house on fire. You know a hose is important. And so, so yeah, I really, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I heard it, I went, yeah, that's a great example of that type of storytelling. Mm. And one of the reasons I wanted to share on the podcast is that for the listeners, it's to think of, try to get you to think of your own analogies and, and to tell them as a story like that, right? Where things happen, this happened and that happened and that happened, right? 
Um, and and I think there and it's trying to find those really basic things that are happening day to day that everyone can relate to. Um, and and they they become the, the really useful analogies to have in your back pocket. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, for you, what are other things about that story that you like? Well, I mean, there's people of power in it, uh, we all know, so you don't have to introduce them too deeply. Uh, people know who Churchill and, and Roosevelt are. So, and, and I think they come with their own, you know, image and persona. And I, I did throw in the smoking bit, you know, the smoking the cigar bit, um, yep. just to create a little bit of, and I read that, you know, someone just mentioned that in, in talking about that press conference. And I thought, oh yeah, that's a nice image. So you know, just I threw that in as a. I also I I also like the detail about how he'd been down to Bermuda, had a holiday. Right, Um, right. Yeah, I can just imagine the batteries being recharged and getting this idea and then coming back. Yeah. So that was a nice little a nice little detail. Yes, it's interesting because you know if you go to um, essentially the, you know how every president has their own library in the US. It's a it's a legislative requirement that they create a library. Um, if you go to the FDR library and to, and 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 just find that description of what happened, they they tell it in such perfunctory manner of like there was a press conference and he told a story about a hose, you know, it was like that, you know, like they glossed over that. Whereas you look at the Eric Larson, who's obviously a you know a fabulous writer, and he talks about oh he went to Bermuda and he came back tanned and feeling you know like he he went to the next level on the on the return from Bermuda right, um, and so there's some really nice things to learn from reading those guys you know and just well, how and so they... nice little nice little contrast as well between what, what we are trying to to get business people to do is to stop doing the thing that the library the does, FDR library which yeah. is to make statements about things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he held a press. Uh, he held a press press conference. Now that's actually not bad, right? That is an event, but it's a you know you, I can't. You haven't got enough detail there to make no. use of it, so it's not no, a very it's... effective story. But then he told a story, or he talked about uh, an analogy about a hose and a fire. Yeah, a, that's a right. And lease program. It's a statement about something that happened. It's not the story of the thing that happened. And that's a really important distinction that people need to get in their heads. And that it's one of the, the things that probably the, the hardest thing for business folks to get a, to get their head into is that you've got to stop talking about the thing and you've got to tell of the thing as it happened, like what happened. as an event. Yeah. Talk about what happened. So, yeah, I, I, I like that little addition that you got there. That's a mm. uh, nice little... Uh, so... So yeah, I think they're. I think the story is pretty compact. I think that's the other thing I liked about it. Uh, it didn't require too much to to tell that story. Um, um, I'm not too sure. I know what would you what would you suggest as improvements to that story? Do you think? Yeah, for me, that that there's one thing that st- that stands in my mind clearly, and that is again the obstacle. Right. So at the time, Europe was overrun. All of Hitler's energies were being directed against Britain. Britain was single-handedly holding Germany at bay. And their production facilities, uh, you know, they're at max capacity, and but they just do not have enough equipment to, to continue fighting the war. Their resources are being depleted 
and their money. They yeah. need they need help, and they look to America, and they don't get it. Yeah, right. I, I think that kind of the, the uh, building the obstacle. But yeah. then there's the other obstacle, which is you know Roosevelt's trying to convince Congress. Yes, that's right. right. Exactly. And so you could you know you could potentially amp that up. I'm not talking about overdoing it, but just like this is this is huge, right? Mm. Britain is about to fall. That's right, exactly. And you know, and Churchill is very not more than aware of it. It's yep. it's it's deep crisis mode, absolutely. Yeah. So so I guess for me that was one one thing that could really amp up. Yeah, that story. yeah, I like that. Yeah, it, you know, just that another layer. Yeah. Um. Good. Yeah, I think that that's a there's sort of things that make a difference in any of these sort of stories. You know, building tension, creating drama. Um, so, so that's a good, good advice. Okay. So if we turn our attention to how do we use it at work? I'm, how do we I'm, use it? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you in that this is, I can't see that this, this specific story is one that a leader might use. Oh, I, I can think of, in, go on. I can think yep. of, I think of an example, right? So let's say you're trying to convince your executive team. Right, and you really, um, and, and you've got a team. You know, your team has has got this problem. We've got to convince the executive, and you just you're just struggling as how to make it change. You know, how to get thinking differently about it. And you tell that story and sort of say, like, what we need is a story analogy. We need the host. We need the equivalent of the host story. Yep. Right. Yep. And that would send that team off. Finding, you know, like you would go into the brainstorming sessions to try to find, you know, that equivalent so that you could then pitch that to your executive in, in a way that makes sense for them, right? Yeah, okay, I like it. I like but it. That, that might um, be the re- how you would use it, yeah. Yeah, again, probably not that frequent. But we've actually got a couple of examples where we've seen these story analogies yeah, uh, yeah. Work, work really well. And uh, one that you shared years ago, I think it was from one of the, we were working with one of the banks yeah, and they were yeah. in the middle of a, uh, they had a big budget cut. Yeah, so tell right. us it what was, happened there. There was a, um, uh, so there was a leader of division. She um, had the bad news. She had to share the bad news of a budget cut and she got all of her uh, division together in the days when you could sort of get face-to-face, do town halls, et cetera. And she started off by just sort of saying, oh, everyone, she's very, obviously one of those leaders who was, you know, really connected to her people and they knew all about what she was doing. She obviously spent a lot, a lot of time of, you know, management by walking around the, um, but she started by saying, hey, you know, everyone, everyone knows we're, we're doing a, a kitchen renovation, right? And everyone's nodding and she goes, oh, well, well, you know, we got all the plans designed. We just got the budget. And it's actually way higher than we can, we can actually put into this. And so my husband and my son and I, we sat down and we had to make the tough decisions. It was heartbreaking, but we had to make the tough decisions as to what to, what to cut out. He said, you know, you guys have gone through that, right? You know, it's, it's something we all have to do. Well, and then she just segued straight into, she said, you know, and actually we're facing something similar, you know, here in, in the division. And I've just been told, and this is the budget, and I need your help. We need to work together on this. And it was really interesting. The, the person who told me the story, she was saying that instead of, because she actually uh, was like a, 
uh, was a couple of layers down in this organization. And she'd already told her team the, the fact that the things were going to get tightened. And it was lots of fighting, you know, like there was this antagonism that was going on between her and her team. She said it was a totally different feeling in this bigger meeting. It was almost like, well, how do we help? How do we get? It was almost like she fixed that problem of, of um, you know, getting people to engage in the process and so help solve the process. Anyway, so that was, I thought that was a really good story analogy. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a great example of a story analogy. And yeah. the, the the bit I like about that story is the contrast because that it was a, a, a branch manager who had told her team and yeah. just got this total pushback. Yes. Like, oh, that's not fair and that's not... You know, and because she just stated the thing. Yes, that's right. And it came yeah. out of left field. It was just you know, we, we're going to have to make hard decisions. And, and you know, her team have worked hard to put the budget together. They've got all these initiatives in place. They have a high level of ownership of them. Yes. They are really anti. Uh, and then, of course, she goes to the... To the, the bigger meetings. Yeah. And, it, yeah, so, and just using that story analogy. Because one of the things I like about it is that um, the... But the division head shows them this is a normal thing. This is something that humans deal with. Yeah, yeah. It's another and problem I do, that I do we have you, to deal Remember with. you telling me that story, and and you left out some details that I really loved. Oh, okay. Right? Which was the, uh, the 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 branch manager was at home. You know, they had their hearts. Oh, she was at home doing the. Re- they've got the renovation. They put the plans in, and they got the quote back from the builder. Yes. And it was way more than they could afford. Yeah. And so they had dinner. She cleared away the, 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 the plates from the table, cleared the table, and they laid the plans out. And the son, her husband, and she sat down and said, we need to figure out what we're going to do without in order to meet our budget and get this renovation done. And just that picture of sitting around the, the, the dinner table with the Working plans out. out in front of them working it out yeah that's a nice i I should have remembered that but uh that's good i'm glad you did so that's fantastic okay so let's go back to uh the original story right monsieur roosevelt mr roosevelt uh let's give it a let's get her a rating like tell me mark what do you reckon what you're going to give this uh out of 10. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's a fantastic example of a story metaphor. I love the impact it had. But again, this one will be on low rotation for me. So I'm going to give this one a six. A six? Mm. It's interesting. You know, I, I sort of judge how good a story is by maybe how often I just tell it automatically, you know, to friends and family and things like that. I must admit, I haven't told this story, even though I kind of really love it. I haven't told to the friends and family. It hasn't passed that test. So it's probably a, it's probably a damn it. It's probably a six, six or seven for me as well. I, I yeah, wanted to give it, a, I wanted to give it a higher mark, you know, because I well, think it's such a great analogy. I mean, the guy to come up with that is oh. a absolute, you know, that's, that's a. Well, that's why he was a, a great leader. Yeah. Because right? he was, yeah. he was able to, to, to get his message across like that and to influence people. Yeah. And stories are great tool. But I do want something that 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 we've told each other numerous times yeah. is that sometimes you've got to kill your babies, right? You might love something, but if it this if the story doesn't work or it, you just you just have to let it go. 
So yeah. no matter how much, and I know that I've got one particular story that I really love, but <laughs> I just can't make it work. <laughs> Actually, I remember Annette Simmons. You remember we, we, we sponsored her to come down to yeah, 2014. Australia. Was it 2014? 2014. Anyway, um, in that sort of workshop that she ran, she said something, and she's something on the lines of, look, if a story's not working for you, just get a better story. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is such great advice. Some people can spend a lot of time tinkering around and trying to fix a story. When in fact, there are there are bazillion stories out there, right? And some it's a much better tactic is just find if it's not working, just find yourself a better story. So yeah. thanks, Annette. That's a great piece of advice. Well, let's wrap this thing up then. Um, anything we need to uh, share with anyone before we with our listeners before we race off the forthcoming story storytelling for leaders programs uh, public yes. program open program so uh, you can just go to our website get all the information it's run over four sessions so four two-hour sessions and then you have six months of follow-on support from us to help you build this skill of uh, being an effective use of user of stories, including story analogies, like we talked about in this yeah. episode. Actually, something something is a little bit of news is that I got an email um, from Amazon the other day asking to submit our podcast to the Amazon, you know, sort of music and, um, you know, their sort of world for podcasting. So we are now, so welcome to all our Amazon listeners that are Yay. coming through that uh, platform. And at the same time, it must be there was a bit of a flurry of competition, I think, because I also got an email from Spotify to do something similar. So I've, I've now put the system, put the podcast in both uh, Spotify and Amazon in addition to, you know, the other places that it plays at the moment. So, yeah, welcome aboard, everyone. Well, with all that, I think I just have to say thanks again, you know, for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.